This is the War Room Roundtable podcast, the show that takes you around the world to share interviews with some of the most successful and relevant businessmen and women on the planet, hear their stories, and get the most important business lessons they've learned on the road to success, and get exclusive advice on how to implement their successes into your life and business. The War Room Roundtable is brought to you by your hosts, Jason Miller, CEO of Strategic Advisor Board, and Philip Lanos, CEO of Own the Rhythm, and former podcast host for Entrepreneur and Inc. Magazine. Welcome to the War Room. Ira, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man. Uh, as always, I love getting a chance to chat with people before we hit record. We get to set the tone real fast, and I already know that you are the consummate professional when it comes to showing up, being here, and ready to speak. So right. we'll get into how that occurred, how you developed that, because a lot of people are in the pursuit of that. Uh, but first, let's start off with my favorite question, and that is, uh, do you yourself come from a family of entrepreneurs? <sighs> That's a mixed bag, actually. I have some, but they wouldn't necessarily call themselves entrepreneurs. They call themselves small business owners. And there is a little distinction there, obviously. So yeah, not a, not a, not a traditional entrepreneur. I'm the first one in my family to kind of go full bore with it. So, um, but certainly I've had some business owners from photographers to landscape, tack and saddle, different, different um, industries they've, they've worked in, but I've not had anybody who's like thought of themselves as an entrepreneur. Hey, let me be the next, you know, whoever you want to, throughout but right yeah okay they look um, at me cross-eyed because i gave away um a corporate life to chase <laughs> you know this <laughs> whatever yeah this. yeah it happens it happens anytime you have dissent uh so then what was your first experience uh committing to this idea of like i'm gonna do all the things i want whenever i want and i know that it's a sacrifice and a compromise but i know i can also make it work when was that what was that moment? What can you can attribute that to? Well, there's two there's two things that happened, and one of them uh, I'm proud of, but it wasn't really to be an entrepreneur. I started a nonprofit back in 2018 called Project Help You Grow, and uh, I was able to launch that business, even though it's not for money, it's for profit, it's it's charity. But I was able to launch that without spending any money in marketing, and that gave me a lot of confidence when I went to launch my business that I could do the same thing, you know, the success that I had in 2018, I, all I did was grow by a couple hundred thousand followers in between 2018 and 2020. So, but the impetus to get for profit, to go for profit and to start becoming an entrepreneur, as opposed to an employee, that mindset shift happened by force. This thing called COVID-19 happened and I lost my job along with a lot of other people. Uh, during that, I was laid off for the first time in my life. Now I'm a, I'm a married guy with eight children. Yeah, I didn't stutter. I have eight kids, so there's a lot of pressure um, to perform. I've got a lot of bills that I have to pay. I live in Southern California. It's not exactly the cheapest place to live, so a high um, a high monthly expense. And but the confidence that I had because of the success of Project Help You Grow gave me the confidence that I could. I could uh, launch a business and thrive through it. So, so what do I want to do? What things do I want to do? I'm going to go do those and I'm going to make money at it. So there we are. I, I launched wow. my business in June of 2020. No way. Man. Yeah. Right in the middle of the suck. And no, yeah. 
no security. Now, a lot of people ask me this, which I think is an interesting question. In fact, somebody made a post the other day, how much does it cost to launch a business? Well, it depends obviously on what type of business. I mean, you know, <laughs> the variance there is huge depending on what you're doing. But for me, I launched Bowman Digital Media with $3,000. I had $12,000 in the bank the day that I was laid off. Now, that will not cover two months of living expenses for me and my family here in Southern California, right? So I had less than two months to figure this thing out. Um, and I knew that, but I was able to pay the bills the very first month. I invested three grand to launch my business. And a lot of it was in new computer equipment. So I bought some camera gear and a new computer to handle the type of um, software that I'm running. And that was it. So it was scary. COVID-19, who knows what's going to happen? All these businesses are shutting down. People are out of work. Yeah, there was a lot there, but um, confidence is the right word. And the confidence was from, you know, the, the experience of launching and, and having that success with my nonprofit. It gave me a, it gave me what I needed because everybody was like, Ira, you're crazy. You need a, a paycheck. You need insurance. You need the benefits, you know, all that stuff. And my wife was like, ah, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. but Project Help Grow is interesting because I also knew through that, that the average job search in the United States pre-COVID-19 was six and a half months. Now, not everybody took six and a half months. Some people took less and some people took longer, but I'm like, with my 12 grand in my bank, guys, I'm, I'm going to be dead in the water. I don't have six and a half months. I had to do something quick. So I tell people I was forced into entrepreneurship. Yeah. No, I mean, the story makes it apparent for sure. Yeah. And that pandemic uh, really was the turning point for a lot of people. A lot of businesses closed through no fault of their own, just based off the industry they're in. You know, automation is a big deal now. Uh, not only that, people who say they were entrepreneurs are no longer entrepreneurs, right? And it kind of sussed them out. Right. <laughs> and then, small, uh, there are small business owners out there. They think that, you know, what's the difference? And I mean, to put it frankly to people, if you, if you have a business and you are in your business 40 hours, 50 hours, 60 hours a week, and you're working and you're not, no, no offense, don't be offended, but you've made a job for yourself. You're not an entrepreneur, Right. Like, so what makes me different than just a small business owner is the other things that I'm doing while my business is running. That's a fact. Yeah. It's hard. It's hard for some people to hear that. They don't, they, they take offense. And in this world where everybody's offended by every little thing, it's like, how dare you have an opinion? But I mean, if you look at it, if you look at it, that's what it is. Right. And so a lot of those entrepreneurs weren't really entrepreneurs. They were just small business owners and their business model, you know, whether they could, change or pivot, whatever the word you want to use. I'm kind of tired of the word pivot, honestly. But, you know, if they, if they were set for one system and then, the, and then the paradigm shifted, which it did, obviously, a lot of people were working from home. And like for us in my world, I was in the print world. We were reliant on um, hotel and um, events hospitality is the word I was looking for there, but hospitality was a big part of our overall revenue stream and COVID-19, especially when the LA outbreak happened and we were like the new epicenter for COVID-19. That's when everything shut down for me. That's when I got laid off, right? Is when that all happened. Plus, if you remember the PPP, some people do and some people don't, but that first round of PPP ended and I was laid off like three days later. 
So that, oh my God. yeah, that didn't help either. Right. But it is what it is. It worked out for me. So yeah. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy the way it all turned out, but I would not be sitting here on your show today if it wasn't for all of that, because I, where I wanted to do these things, I thought like many do, I think I, I was trapped in this mindset of, I hate to use the word slavery because that has a negative connotation and I don't mean to compare myself to that. But in my mind, I, I had a, a chain wrapped around my ankle. You know what I mean? I was, I wore this thing like, because I have eight kids and I have to provide and I need those benefits and all those things that, you know, you, you feel like maybe indentured servant is a better way to say it. But anyways, you feel tied to like, Hey, this would be cool if I had another life. But with this life, this is the you know, my mind was, I just need to be the best employee I can be and try to get promoted up into the C-suite, which was my goal for 20 years because that was the path. But now I I don't know. I'd ever go back. (laughs) Well, you did. You did get promoted into the C-suite. I did. I made my own own boat. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, I, 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 uh, I commend you for everything that you've done. And, and I thank you for being so vulnerable and sharing about like how you saw your position, given all your responsibilities and obligations, because that does keep a lot of people from, from uh, moving out in that direction. You I know? think it's the number one thing, honestly, Philip, I really do. I think that the biggest obstacle to people's success is their mind. You know, this mindset, this I'm, you know, they see themselves a certain way or they see life a certain way. And they can't get out of their own way to succeed. And it's, it's unfortunate. Yeah. Jason talks about it all the time in general, and he's a family man on top of that, you know, and, and knowing what I know about his story, he also was like, I got to do something different. We just had a conversation with that, uh, with somebody just before talking to you about that very same thing. And yeah. for me, it's a very interesting day to have a, a couple of conversations all related to like how family fits into the picture of the entrepreneur, you know, and, and how that can determine so much. Jason, do you, would you like to chime in on that? Yeah. Well, you think about it, right? We go through life and sometimes we hit these walls and those walls are forcing functions, right? Mm-hmm. They force you to have to make a decision to do something different. And well, like for me, it wasn't a forced thing necessarily. It was for me, it was more because I spent 23 years in the military. So it was like, didn't need to do that other three, but it just stopped being fun. Yeah. Wasn't fun anymore. So it was like, okay, it's, I got to do something else. Right. And, and luckily I had run businesses in parallel to all that military career. So for me, it was just, stepped out of one uniform into the next and and it was a smooth transition for me for the most part but but uh we hit these walls in our lives it's just some some of those walls are just a little thicker for other people (laughs) but i think for the majority of the part if you have that bug in you you have that mindset already in you and it's part of your DNA already, the the business DNA, you're going to break through the wall. It's just going to happen. And then there's the backed in the corner part where it's like, well, my kids got to eat all these things. You just do what the hell you have to do. 
right? Yeah. And you make it happen. And if that takes you working 22 hours a day and getting two hours of sleep, that's what you do. Yeah. Do what seven you days, do. Seven days a week. You got 24 hours, seven days. Yeah. You know. Well, it's like Elon Musk said, he said, uh, you know, after uh, uh, practically a lifetime of working 80 hours a week, seven days a week, you know, uh, for years and years and years, people still say I got lucky. No, he worked hard to get where he is, right? It just wasn't given to him. He had to work for it. And I think people lose sight of. A lot uh, of people don't know his story, but he wasn't born with billions of dollars. Now, he, yeah, right? he did have millions of dollars. So millions of dollars to take it to billions of dollars to become the world's richest man. There's a huge, yeah. there's a huge journey that he traversed. A lot of people don't know his story, but yeah, it wasn't, nothing was handed to him on a silver platter mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. That's the thing people think because you didn't start out with just pennies that, that the work that you do doesn't matter. And it's like, <laughs> everyone has a different starting point in life. You know, some, some have families who, well, who you know, go ahead. I was going to say the journey from $12 million, which is, I believe what he had to the world's richest man is farther than from penniless to $12 million. So those who don't even have 1 million can't even fathom that. <laughs> that's, that's, what that's what I'm saying though. A lot of people think, Oh, if you can get to 12 million, you can get to, you know, however many hundreds of billions he's worth now. It, it's not like it's, <laughs> you have to count the zeros just count the zeros and you'll understand what i mean it's for, it's a further journey it's a further journey anyways there's a lot of people out there who again i think it's a, it comes down to mindset they are defeated because their mind won't let them go past a certain point it's too big for them it's too hard for them they can't see the path so they don't even start it's like i didn't see a lot of what i'm doing now all the way through, I just knew I had the potential to do it. And I had faith that I would be able to figure it out as I go. And it isn't the fake it till you make it. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm talking about design build happening at the same time. That's the the most common practice now on these major builds. Like I'm a huge Raiders fan. Okay. So Allegiant Stadium, which is beautiful, one point, I think it ended up being $1.8 billion. Anyways, it was a huge project. They were blasting and building the foundation while they were still designing the upper layers of the room in this thing called BIM software. It wasn't done, but they had already started building. Well, what happens if they waited till it was all done being designed? Well, it probably would have cost them at least one more season and they would have had to do something. They were homeless, right? Oakland had kicked them out. Like they were done. So (laughs) anyways, I think in our minds, in our journeys, if we just like, Jason said, you have that bug in you and you want to scratch the itch. I think somewhere along the way, you you need something. There needs to be a paradigm shift, whether it's just a mental shift or something that happens like you get laid off and now you've got to do something. But once once you um, switch, the once you flip that switch, I think if you just walk forward in, in confidence, believing in yourself, aligning with people that can help you, like I am not an accountant. Here's something I knew right away. So when I launched Moment Digital Media, I was not <laughs> going to be the one doing my books, right? I mean, it just didn't make sense because that was beyond me. I needed a lawyer. I needed some stuff done legally. I wasn't going to go pass a bar. You know what I mean? Like, so you're going to source 
as a business owner, some things, no matter what it is, right? Some people will source their marketing. And I thank God for that because that's how I make my living. Some people are going to source their legal needs. I do that. Their accounting, I still do that. You know, and then even what I've learned along the way, sorry about my mic. Um, one of the things I learned, I don't even need to do all the stuff I'm quote unquote good at. I can hire people who are good, even if they're not even as good as I am to help with those things, to free up my time back to the, you know, how many hours a day do you want to work so that I can do the things that only I can do or the things that I'm most passionate about, Jason, that's what I'm chasing now, right? The things that I love to do the most, (laughs) I am never out of arm's reach of cameras. I always have a camera next to me because why I love taking pictures and I'm also a graphic designer. So I spend my day making pictures or making graphics. That's how I like to spend my day. It's your superpower. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's fun, but I'm good at it too. You know, I mean, so I think they say the the grass is greener where you water it. You know, I think the talents are greener where you spend time developing it, right? So I've spent time developing my photography skills and my graphic design skills. So I enjoy that. Uh, I I was going to ask that next was, uh, so with uh, your digital media company, what, what, what is your current goal? What, what do you want the listeners to know about what you're working on? Well, what we do at Bowman Digital Media is we help small business owners that are service-based primarily is our, is our little niche, but we help people to increase their visibility online. That's our whole goal. So we help them uh, increase their visibility on social media and in the search engines because that's where most people are by the billions. In fact, I would tell you it's the only place on planet Earth that you can find people concentrated in the billions, and that's social media and search engine optimization. So we have six services that we offer that help small business owners increase visibility so that they can be seen and be top of mind for the people that they're trying to reach, right? It's not a magic pill. It takes a lot of work and it's a lot of nerdy stuff, honestly. But at the end of the day, that's the goal is to help these small business owners increase visibility so they they can thrive doing whatever it is they do and not have to worry about the stuff that, you know, seems like, you know, hocus pocus to them. (laughs) (laughs) It's like you said, uh, you're not going to go out and learn the bar, but some, some, business owners will literally say, I can be a lawyer too. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think those are the ones that are doomed to fail. Like we, we all know this, this phrase of Jack of all trades, master of none. It's like, I, you know, I'm not trying to live at 70% of anything. I'm trying to be the top of my game on the things that I compete with. So my company offers services that I don't frankly do personally. Now I can do, we have six services and I can do any of them in a pinch. But I already told you, I focus on two. I focus on the photography work and I focus on the graphic design. That's my, that's where I like to live, right? Yeah, Most people know me direction. Of, yeah, people know me because of my social media, but I have people that help me with those things so that I can focus on the things I like to do the most. I love it, man. I, I, I think uh, there's no frills behind the way you present things, the way you break things down, uh, the way you approach the world and engage with the world. Uh, so, so with that said, if you could go back to just before the pandemic, knowing what you know now, where you may have had some doubts and you were talking to yourself like, nah, man, I, I, you know, I got a family, this or that. What would you say to yourself now that you know what you know? I would say you're going to hit six figures your first 12 months. So calm down, right? Like it was a very stressful time because it all was honestly, the biggest gamble I've ever taken in my life. And it wasn't just me. I was gambling 
my family's financial future. So if I could go back, you know, to 20, to May of 2020, the minute that I got laid off, because I was on the verge of a heart attack, I think, and go, hey, just trust the process, you're going to be fine, right? I wouldn't tell myself what mistakes I was going to make and some of the lessons learned, because I value those lessons learned a lot. So by no means am I trying to say everything has gone perfect, and I've not made any mistakes. Trust me, I've made plenty of mistakes, but those lessons learned are valuable to me. So if I could go back and tell myself anything, that's that's what I would say. Love it. Love it. Before I go to the, the grand finale, I want to turn over to Jason and see where he's at. Same thing, right? Nobody ever goes back and says they'll change something. It's always, uh, it's always go back and move forward, right? That's to me, that's like a defining quality of people that already have some, it's already a seed. It just needed something to the, the losing the job was the water, right? That was it. It was the water for that seed. If I could go back 10 years, I would tell myself (laughs) to start 10 years ago. I would have told myself to start then. You know, that's, yeah. that's the interesting thing. Like, like Jason's saying from the time, I mean, I saw my dad own a business. I saw my mom own a business and I learned a lot of skills, you know, working for those businesses. I was ready in my mind. I just let, I just let life and some of my own self doubts creep in where if I had a weed whacker and could weed whack those out and clean that, <laughs> clean that crap out, I could have been so much farther. I wonder where I would be now. I believe I'd be a lot farther along. Right. No, but, I, I love it, man. Uh, just the, the, the way you, you broke it down, even from the beginning of people's mindset and how they let things like that hold them back or how yeah. they'll look at people who are incredibly wealthy now and think to themselves, yeah, but you know, they had X, Y, Z, fill in right. the blank there. Whatever reason they give doesn't matter, man. Your circumstances are the ones you need to worry about, not anyone else's. And, and I think that's, that's really the theme of this, of this conversation is that whatever your circumstances, you can make something from that. People have done more with less. And 100%. so, you know what I mean? hundred uh, percent. It is, <laughs> it comes down to discipline in life. It comes down to confidence and discipline because Look, you could take the most naturally gifted athlete and they won't get as far as somebody. I mean, I'm not going to throw any athletes under the bus, but I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a Raider fan. So I look at somebody like Hunter Renfro. OK, here's a guy you look at his physical skills or look at Tom Brady. You know, when they drafted him, those pre-draft, you know, body shots where you see him and you don't see athlete anywhere in there. And Hunter Renfro looks like that. Right. And then you see people like, um, you know, Adams, who just joined the Raiders and you look at those two and they go, they play the exact same position and he looked statistically last year and they had almost identical stats. I mean, it's crazy. One guy, I'm not saying that Adams doesn't work hard, but I'm saying, look how far you can go, you know, or a spud web. If you want to go all the way back or a Muggsy Bogues, five, three, five foot three playing in the NBA at an elite level. Five foot you know, three. If he, looked wow. in the, if he looked in the, if he looked in the mirror and said, well, I'm only five, three, there's no way I could compete. No, what he said was, I'm 5'3", I got to bust my butt and get there. Like, look at Dennis Rodman's story. I've been, I've just been watching The, the Last Dance. Oh, yeah. That's right? great. And I just, I just watched that and it was like, yeah, I didn't know 
how hard he worked or Scotty Pippen, how hard those guys worked. They worked, they went to no name schools in the middle of nowhere. They got drafted. Nobody cared. And then they became superstars because of their work ethic, you know, the hustle. So yeah, you know, not everybody's going to be born, you know, a number one prospect. You can be a six round draft pick or a walk on and still make the team and still make the all-star and, and all those things. Anyways, it, it comes down to your mental fortitude, really. If you if you want yeah, it man. and you're going to work for it. Like the one thing that I always want to be known for is the hardest worker in the room. I don't care about smartest. You can be the smartest. I just want to be known as the guy that's going to out hustle you. And I'm willing to work to earn that title. And also it's that's the way nice. that I lead. You know, my team doesn't come to me usually with a lot of excuses because they see I'll work through anything. <laughs> yeah. No, that's uh, that's that's a good way to lead, man. Uh, letting them know, okay, fine, I'll do it. And they're like, no, 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 no. We, we got yeah. it figured out. We got it figured out. <laughs> it happens. All, it happens all the time. My team can't get something done. I said, no problem. I'll get it. You know, <laughs> I don't know how long you make on my team with that, but you know, <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, so with that, the 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 grand finale is if you could have invited anybody to sit in and listen to your journey, the things we just covered uh, today. Who would you have loved to have had here and why? So if I'm going to go with someone famous, I probably would go as Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar is uh, a little bit, I'm dating myself here a little bit, right? I'm in my nah, man, One of the greatest authors in business for sure. Yeah, I'm in my mid forties. But for me, you know, in sales, he was always a guy that I um, respected. I respected. In fact, I think he's still the gold standard for sales, uh, but he had the hustle he had the integrity, he had um, the strategy, and he put all three of them together really well. And the other thing, and we didn't really talk about this too much, but he also had a good family life, life family balance, you know, work family. We talked about, you know, the individual drive that it is, but I think to be a success in business, you have to be more than just business. You have to be a, a well-balanced person. You have to be a well-balanced family. If you have a family that everybody does, I understand that. But for me, I do have a wife and kids. So for me to be considered a success, it's more than just how much money I'm bringing in. How am I doing dating my wife? How am I doing with my devotion time? Am I a man of integrity? How's my health, right? Am I falling apart or am I, you know, taking care of myself? I think all those things are important. What I would love if I was talking to, to Zig is to see, first of all, what advice he would give me, an outside perspective from somebody that I respect. Um, but also, I would I would be curious to talk to Zig about the things that are different because, you know, obviously he didn't live in the computer era. He didn't live in social media and apps and smartphones and all that stuff. I'll bet you that Zig would have as many questions for me as I would have for him. <laughs> I would truly enjoy that conversation. I would truly enjoy that conversation. So anybody in history outside, you know, I mean, I didn't want to get religious on this and go Jesus, but I mean, obviously that's my Lord and Savior. So I would do that first, but a business, a business mind, Zig Ziglar is one that I respect an, yeah, awful, lot, an awful lot. I, I get it. I get it. And I can totally see that matchup, that pair up because uh, it, it does take that uh, extreme, uh, edge dynamic right where he's classic business and and yeah you know they're busy doing that next thing you know they turn around and technology has advanced and they're like okay how do i take what i've done over here and dominate it in the world without technology which most of us wouldn't even know where to start if we were if we were born into technology right 
Yeah. We were just having a conversation about this uh, earlier uh, with another guest. It's funny, you know, the thing about business is you, it's anyone who's doing it right. You can almost interchangeably put any one of uh, the business people that we've spoken to into that story. And they all still turn out exactly the same to some degree because the principles are the same, right? Like you said, hard work, confidence, yeah, uh, success. aiming for, aiming for, yeah. <laughs> success principles. Like another one, um, Max Licato is another guy that I would, you know, these guys that, that get it, it's like this, honestly, you have to study, you have to read, you have to be um, pliable. You have to be, um, I was on a, I was on a show called um, Stellar Insight is a, it's a visionary, visionary leaders mind podcast. So the question was, what's a visionary leader? And I'm like, a visionary leader is somebody who could look into the future and figure out what adapts adaptations they need to make. And then also someone who sees it, but then does it right. And the leader, again, you have to have people follow you. So if you're out in the forefront, good for you, but if nobody's following you, you're not a leader. So all those things, I think that's what people who are successful entrepreneurs have in common. It's not just that they're good at what they do. They're good at getting other people to do it for them, to work for them. They're, they're leaders too. I think people forget that. I could be yeah. a good small business owner and work by myself, solopreneur. People call themselves that all the time. All that usually means is you're not good at getting people to do what you need them to do so that you can do the other <laughs> things, right? We want to glorify small business owners and, entre- and solopreneurs. And I'm not trying to pick on them. I'm saying there is definitely a difference. And that's, that's, part, of the, that's part of the success equation in my mind. No, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, to be a true leader, you do have to know how to, you have to be comfortable delegating. Yeah. That's that's what it means. Yeah. That's exactly what it means. Is and it takes can't... trust too, right? I mean, you've got to trust them. So part of it is get the heck out of their way and let them do what you ask them to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's an important one. <laughs> you can't be a good leader. You can't learn how to be a good leader until you've learned how to be a good follower. Yeah, I agree. I would agree with that. And listening so, skills. Yeah. If I could go back 10 years and tell myself anything like, advice hey ira how do you get better at something i would say listen more and talk less <laughs> True. And with that I, I mean i'm i'm golden I'll, I'll let jason take over and close us out awesome well hey ira thanks for showing up here it's great had that little tech difficulty in the front that was probably my my knucklehead move probably but um thanks for uh being here i always like to say gosh we all got the same amount of time every single week and you uh took the time to come spend just a little sliver of that with us thanks for doing that thanks for sharing with the audience and uh thanks for leaving it on the field here that uh it's great it's good stuff absolutely my pleasure thank you for your service i didn't realize you were a 23 year vet that's awesome and (laughs) i had a lot of fun don't worry about the snafu i'm human (laughs) Could have been my fault too, just in full disclosure. I don't know, but uh, if you guys, if you guys ever want me back, I'll be, I'll come back anytime. You guys are amazing. Yeah. Right awesome. on, man. Same. Same. Awesome. Cheers. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the War Room Roundtable with your hosts Jason Miller and Philip Lanos. Please leave your feedback and visit strategicadvisorboard.com to get the latest and greatest business advisement on the planet. 
follow us on social media for updates. And always remember, if you can dream it and believe it, then you can go achieve it. We'll see you in the next episode.